0: Repeat after me. I, Kevin, take you, Susan. I, Kevin, take you,
1: Susan. It's Jamie from Progressive. Shh, Jamie! No, it's all right. I can talk. Progressive protects you 24-7, which means you can contact us anytime. Shh. shh, shh. Hmm, I'm getting a loud shh sound, so I'm going to talk louder. What can I help you with today? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah,
2: progressive can do that. Ugh, there's that noise again. Hold on. Let me put you on speaker. Contact us 24 7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates covered subject to policy terms.
1: This is a podcast from Minute Media.
2: Liftoff will start in 2 10 seconds 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. What's up, everyone? This is Ray. This is Chris Chavez. This is your boy, Heezy, a.k.a. Raheel Ramzanali. It's Sean from Shots and Dots. This is Timoteo Keister. What up, what up? It's Bruce Williams, the Mastodon himself. This is Devin White, a.k.a. The Gentleman. It's your boy, Von Wafer, former Houston Rocket, retired professional NBA basketball player. Five, four, three, two, one. We have 1 We have ignition. And you're now tuned in to the Summit State of Mind podcast.
0: What is going on, everyone? You are listening to the Summit State of Mind, the podcast of dream shakes and step backs. And everything Houston Rockets presented by the Minute Media Podcast Network and the official podcast to Fansite, it's Houston Rockets' website, SpaceCityScoop.com. I am your host... Your commissioner, Kenny, and of course with me as always is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin. Yo, GM, man, you got to let the people know.
2: It's Saturday afternoon, but we're, we're on location today. Yes. Tell the people where we're at. Yes, yes, we are on location. Shout out to uh, Be More Pacific in the Heights. If any of y'all got a chance, come through. Check out my boy Spot, Brian Casipe. Shout out to him. Frickin' hit us up with the room. The The Mimosa Tower we having some fun at one forty three in the afternoon, you know what I'm saying? So, L- little daydream, little daydream yeah, just ski, a little little day drink. Just a tad bit. Just a bit. smidge. Nothing too uh, overwhelming, right?
0: No, no, we're just no. chilling. We're big time chilling. Well, the episode is about to get mm-hmm. even bigger today because we got a brand new guest meeting us at the Summit for the first time ever. I'm going to see if I can intro him properly. I've been known for intros, and let's see if I can, if I can alley-oop to <laughs> my boy properly. He is the host to the Launchpad podcast on the Apollo Media Podcast Network. He is also a Spaces host of the Rocket Safe Space on Twitter. He's got Rockets knowledge for days. A Clutch fans OG for the first time ever. Don.
1: Freaking knock
0: at the summit, Don. How you doing today,
1: hey, man? No, I appreciate that intro. That was fire. Um, <laughs> that was my first time being introed, uh, so that was cool. This is my first time doing a podcast on location, so also cool. Uh, not my first time day drinking. I will say that, uh, I'm, a, to that. I'm a known vet for day drinking. Um, but yeah, dude, glad to be here. Glad to you know interact with y'all and, and let y'all listeners know what I'm about. Um, I think. This is a a pivotal time for the Rockets right now. The team is playing so so. We're going to lead up to the trade deadline. So, just from my my standpoint, right, I think the next couple of weeks are going to be not something that you want to draw a ton of hard conclusions from. I think we're going to have some guys have a little senioritis, may may yeah, have one foot out the go. door. But at the same time, right, what you put on tape is what you put on tape. So that is also going to be important for for those guys, you know, as other GMs decide if they want to trade for these players so you know that's kind of where i am as a rockets fan right now uh that's where i am in terms of you know hanging out with you guys glad to be here and you know looking forward to looking forward to a great pod so
0: appreciate oh, it yeah man that's that's some love right there oh, i feel See, like, I, I-, I felt like i all you it, and then he all you it back <laughs> and then i now now we have to slam it we gotta put we gotta put it well so anyways uh don thanks once again for joining us man We really Absolutely. appreciate it It's the second time We've ever been on location We did yeah. a Texas League of Brewery A few weeks ago So now mm-hmm. we're at Be More Pacific So we appreciate that um, Don just for the people That don't know For the you know First time listeners That don't know who you are uh, you're, a, you're a Rockets Twitter legend <laughs> I know that You try to be keep keep humble But I'm gonna keep it real with you I mean you are A Rockets Twitter legend over here So just give us a quick biography You know how'd you become A Rockets fan And uh, who was your favorite Rocket
1: So I don't have to keep it humble. I don't know if y'all y'all caught this a live. I get the Hollywood accusation, so now nah, I just have to lean into that. Um, Let's go. So yeah, it, it depends on how I'm feeling, but yeah. So just some background on me. Right, I was born in Houston, raised in Houston. You know, my earliest Rockets memory was you know Yao getting drafted, and one of my best friends had the the life size cut out. So another early memory was the the T Mac thirteen thirty five, which is going to be relevant to you know kind of the games we're going to discuss a little bit later on. Absolutely. One of my early Rockets favorite players was a guy that you know some people don't mention, but for Alston. Right, I'm a guy who loves shifty guards with tight handles. So again, when Chris Paul was here, I loved to see him. Hell yeah. um, and, and everything that he did. But I loved for Alston. I was a big, big person that would like watch the N1 mixtape tour when it would be on TV, TV. Skip to my Lou. Yeah, man. sometimes <laughs> sometimes you know the games wouldn't be on, ESPN wouldn't be playing basketball or whatever. But they'd have those N1 mixtape going like nonstop on yeah. I can't remember what channel it was on, but whatever channel it was, you know, shout out to y'all because that was a big part of my basketball development was watching yeah. all those M1 mixtape tours. So I loved Greg for Alston early on. Uh, I loved T Mac too. I'm you know, a lot of people they'll say you know, I love the the hardworking guy like the Patrick Beverly, the P.J. Tucker, and, and don't get me wrong, I love those guys too. But for me, I've always been kind of like a, a star driven guy. Um, when Harden was here, I loved Harden. When he left, um, that that broke my heart. But we've moved on past Harden. We got the the Jalen Green era going forward. But um, yeah, Skip to My Lou was was that was my favorite Rockets player at the time. Um, and then yeah, we moved into the later years after that. But um, sorry. What was what was the second part of this question? I forgot. was your favorite here. rock? Well, okay, you got both. You got Ray. You actually nailed both parts yeah. very well. Yeah. Okay, so just, so let me let me go back to a little bit more of the background for me. Um, once once, you know, I was done just being a quote unquote Rockets fan, and and this was probably around like 2015. I started getting online. Like I mentioned, Clutch fans. That was the first side I was ever really on. Um, I was on Real GM a little bit, but not not a whole lot. And you know, I kind of just posted there for a while met people that were on clutch fans a lot and i noticed a lot of people from clutch fans were making the transition to twitter Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. you know chris white uh aka fire bear yes he was one of the guys i was i was really close to on clutch fans that made that transition and he's done really well on twitter so killing um, it yeah yeah so at a certain point i was like hey a lot of these big posters from Clutch fans. I moved over to Twitter. A lot of times, it's just people on Clutch fans posting tweets from people that were on Clutch fans that moved to Twitter. I was like, hey, being maybe- exceptioned over here. Yeah. So-, <laughs> <laughs> so hey, you know, I'm gonna make that transition myself. I was on Twitter for probably, man, probably like three years, four years, just you know, in the wilderness, tweeting whatever I wanted to, and then when the pandemic hit. Um, I'm someone I've listened to podcasts for a long time, right? You know, mm. y'all are podcasters. I'm sure y'all listen to other people's podcasts. You oh, know, of course, see what's going on in the landscape, or, or see you know if you can take some tips and pointers or some keys from from what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. I listen to a lot of podcasts, not really ever wanting to do a podcast, but just in terms of I'm someone I love the trade sagas. I love trying to get inside information and stuff like that. So I was like, <laughs> let me let me <laughs> so listen good. to these podcasts and see if I can get you know some inside information that people don't have on whether it be clutch fans or, or twitter and try to get that out first and so that's that's what i started out doing was just listening to see if i could post about it real quick and then one day uh, i can't remember who it was that told me i want to say it was andrew sukup or or fire bear one of those two guys and again mm-hmm. clutch uh, clutch fans ogs both of them they were oh, like yeah. they were like i don't know how you listen to Windhorse, man like i can't even stomach <laughs> to do it and so it LeBron just lebron lover
0: yeah it just <laughs> no.
1: it just clicked in my mind it was like hey these people can't stomach you to even listen to this guy i'll just write up a little podcast summary and then i'll get my you know 10 likes off of that and i'll, I'll be happy with that and, and go from there so that's what i started doing um the summary started getting way bigger than i ever even imagined mm-hmm. and then you know probably six months of that go by i was on green room now defunct now part of spotify mm-hmm. and jackson gatlin was having just a green room with ali Bijani. And they, they were like, hey, does any listeners want to come up and, and you know, participate in the space? And I was like, hey, you know, I've never had my voice out there, but this could yeah. be fun. Let me give it a shot. So I go up there and they're like kind of same thing that y'all said. Oh, it's it's the, the summary master himself, Don. He's going to get up here and talk to us. And I was like, like, I was like okay, that was, that was very generous of you guys. You know, y'all are big time. I'm over here small time just doing my little summaries, but I appreciate that. And, you know, I went back in a couple of those and, you know, from there, they were going to have a, a green room of Itamar, also known as Disney Gary Clark, mm-hmm. Prodigy, now known as, as Paulo Alves, um, mm-hmm. my, my co host. Now, they were going to do some green rooms. They did the first one with Jackson, and then Jackson wasn't able to make the second one. And they contacted me and they were like, hey, you know, we've heard you talk in these green rooms before. You don't, you know, stumble over your words all the time enough. Yeah. Well, you know, do you want to. Full disclosure for those two guys, they're non native English speakers. So, again, super yep. prop to them to be able to do all this Rockets yeah, content so in English. Absolutely. It's, it's incredible that they're able to do that. But, you know, they were like, we want someone who's like a native English speaker to, to kind of help moderate this. So I was like, yeah, you know, that's fine. I'll, I'll give it a shot. I hosted that. And then from there, they were like, hey, we got good reaction on there. Do you want to do a podcast together? I'm like, yeah, that's fine. So we start getting our podcast stuff set up. Mm-hmm. And then Jackson was like, why, instead of y'all doing a podcast, you know, where you're gonna have to build all the way from the ground up yourself, why don't y'all do it for Apollo? Like, yeah, hey, you know, we'll give it a shot, we'll see it. And see what <laughs> it's like. so, I know, right? And, and now, now here I am with you guys. Um, you know, I got to do the Rockets Twitter suite thing, which was incredible. I, I was definitely thankful that they even considered me for that. Yeah, um, we hosted our own watch party at Big City Wings, I think about like a month ago. Oh, yeah, I remember and, seeing Yes, uh, yes, yeah. Yes, yeah yes. So, you know, even. We'll see where my rocket's journey ends up leading me, right? But you know, even from, we'll say, you know, 16 months ago till now, I, I would I would never thought Dude, that I would be here with you never, guys, Absolutely not, right? So. Never
0: believe it, yeah. right? You just
2: would never know. It's so, kind of crazy how the, where the world takes us, man. Yeah. Unreal. So
1: I'm just like I'm just taking it one day at a time. You know, enjoying my my ride. For me, the the best part of all of this, honestly, is just you know my, my IRL friends. I. I was the guy that was like, "Hey, I'm watching Rockets basketball in September," and they're like, "Dude, it's football season! Like, cut the sh- cut, <laughs> right, cut the out. Like, we're it's trying true. to we're trying yeah. to watch ball right now." And I was like, "No, I, I want to watch Rockets basketball and talk about Rockets basketball." So for me, it's awesome to have just people that I can talk to about Rockets basketball when, like, my other friends are like, "Hey, dude, it's football season," or you know, it's it's two in the morning, and I can tweet something out, and people from Brazil or people from, um, you know, like different countries, Europe, yeah turkey where, wherever the case may be will respond to me just like that so for me that's what really keeps me motivated and keeps me like driven to do all this stuff is just just that initial love of just talking rockets basketball so
2: dude they ask yeah, yeah no man, that's really cool because you know considering that you're you're getting to meet people that are like-minded, yeah, as you exactly. You know what I mean, and you're being able to spread what you love to a bigger at that not bigger atmosphere, but bigger audience, bigger audience. There you go. Yeah. See, like I think that's really cool. That's really humbling, considering where you said you came from, yeah, like, pre-pandemic. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, you know what I mean,
0: I think you know initially when we wanted to start restart our podcast, so like a little brief history of what we were as the summit. We did a we did a podcast started around 2015 for like Uh, a few months for a few months during that yeah during that playoff run when James Harden had his first legit MVP year and we you know we were kind of on and off with it and then you know people were kind of catching like they were tagging along with it and they were like okay yeah this is great awesome stuff we just kind of fell off after a while Mm -hmm. and then obviously when the pandemic hits you're just like okay well you have nothing else to do Um, you're stuck at home you're like. You know, let's let's re up the podcast. Podcasts are becoming a thing. Why not? You know, we had started it and fast forward to you know, when the bubble happened. When the bubble happened and, you know, so much great content came out of that, obviously, you know, Daniel House. Blah blah blah, so on and so forth. Our favorite guy. I don't. I don't know if
1: I would chalk that one up in the great (laughs) column.
0: Content-wise,
1: it was definitely a goldmine. Yeah, yeah. there you go. All
0: all content is good content. (laughs) Well, you know, so it, it just you know it's crazy the way things happen, and you know I think if you thought a year ago we wouldn't think that we'd be sitting here, you know, talking to talking to you too, and I think it's really cool how the Rockets community works and. Rockets Twitter works, and, and if it wasn't for Rockets Twitter and us doing what we do, we wouldn't be able to do this. So, you know, yeah. cheers, first of all, to that. Let's yeah. do a little, k- cheers. little cheers. cheers. Cheers, man. Cheers.
2: I know. didn't know I'd be hanging experience. out with my favorite Rockets Twitter NWO member, Hollywood.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, just one, one other thing I, I kind of want to touch sure, on sure. in that ahead, same vein, right, is the, the Rockets Twitter spaces that we do. Um, that kind of had a similar origin story, right? Where yeah. I remember back in the Harden days, you know, that was, again, pre-Green Room, pre-Twitter Spaces, all that stuff. I would finish watching a game, and it was like, I want to talk about this game with someone, right? Like, yeah. I don't want to wait until, you know, tomorrow when next I see my friends. Like, I want to talk about it right now. And I think the Green Room was, was really the first step in that because um, just even even from the Dream Shake uh, standpoint, you know, Jeremy Brenner does post game green rooms after every game. Yes, and, uh, yeah, that was he was one person I got in with the green rooms in as well, and um, that really that really kind of captured that feeling for me because I remember uh, we just talked about this episode on on our pod with, with Ben Debose, but it was that game where. James Harden basically beat the Warriors by himself yes. in, or- oh. in Oracle. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, the KD it was, it was, out of bounds It was step. after that game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Lord. It was after that game. Ben was saying how he was so hyped from that game that he just went out into his car because his wife was asleep and recorded that podcast in his car with the AC off, just like sweating or whatever. And it was the same thing for me. It was like after that game, I just lost my mind. I was like, I, I you know, I need to have someone to talk to about yeah. this game. And so that was really like the origin point for, for me where it was like, you know, the, the Twitter spaces that we do, mm-hmm. it's like everyone wants that. Everyone wants like you're so hype, you're on cloud 10. Or, you know, conversely, like when we first started I and mean, we turned it into the safe spaces, you know, you're so mad because the team is not doing X, Y, and Z. And so yeah. you're like, I need to, <laughs> to, I need to get my takeoff. I need to vent it. Yeah. And so, you know, it's the same type of thing, right? Like all of that really comes from just me being a Rockets fan that, you know, want to interact with other Rockets fans and, and hear what other Rockets fans wanted to say. So again, like, like I said, that's what that's what really started me on this journey, and that's what really keeps me going on this journey. I think you know that's something a lot of your listeners, I'm sure, can relate to as well. Just yes, like having absolutely having that that sports as a bonding sports as like a a vessel for you know human emotion and, and human mm-hmm. uh, the life cycle of you know sports and the life cycle of people in general. So
0: absolutely, and it's funny that when you talk about the safe spaces. The first thing that popped up in my head every time I think of it was, oh my gosh, this is a way to get hundreds of people involved. Because when you think about it, it's like post game radio, like se- on like seven ninety. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like they can only fit so many callers in. Because yeah. you get speakers in. Yeah. And you, but it's a good way to like immediately get get it out. You mm-hmm. know, snap a finger, you can, you know, just press a button and boom, you got the next person to talk. Press another button, boom, you can get the next person to talk. So I like that idea. It's, it was such a Such a cool idea from Twitter, obviously, and then for them to, you know, it to y'all to be able Mm -hmm. to give that as a beacon and a platform for other people that don't have podcasts, that don't have voices like us, that have platforms to talk about our stuff. I mean, I think think that's like
2: it's very innovative in that sense because it gives people that don't have a voice normally a chance to speak their minds, regardless how smart or ridiculous, someone may sound, they have a voice. And to them, that's what matters the most.
1: And so our original vision for it, because it was the people that started, we have five hosts now, but it was Mm -hmm. me and and Zeke that really came up with the the idea together. Um, The original idea was that we can get some of the big accounts and get some of the people that, like you said, don't have a voice, don't have a big account, get them all in the same room. And that way you have kind of audience blending. Yeah, absolutely. And then you have, again, people that don't have a platform are able to, you know, interact with the people that do have platforms, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've had various levels of that. We had the one episode where uh, Ali Khan, Salman Ali, um, Adam Spillane, and Kelly Eco showed up just kind of did basically an impromptu podcast on, on the space, and then we've <laughs> had so cool. we've had episodes where no one with a blue check comes in, right? So it just kind yeah. of runs the spectrum. Um, you never know what you're going to get. We had one other one where Hollins came in, Ryan Hollins uh, of AT and T Sportsnet, and he just basically answered people's questions for you know three hours, which was super incredible. Um, yeah. And you could tell when he was in there that he wanted to really ingratiate himself into the Houston fan base. Mm-hmm. When he got hired on, you really saw the takes flying that. We wanted a guy that was you know a former rocket or you know has some sort of affiliation with the team. And I understand from his aspect, it's like, hey, you know, I don't have that background, but that doesn't mean that, you know, I'm gonna come in here and do a bad job just because I don't have, you know, those bona fides, right? Mm So Mm -hmm. that was that was another crazy episode. And, you know, since since then, right, we've had um, a lot of episodes like I said, a lot of episodes where it's just people coming on wanting to get their thoughts out and, and that's great too, right? Because not everyone's going to have the same perspective. We, we've had yeah, a couple people that have come absolutely. in there that they played college basketball or um, they coach college ba- or they coached uh, some level of basketball, mm-hmm. and you get those perspectives as well. So it's just a good way to get, like you said, a lot of different vantage points on the Rockets in maybe not a small amount of time, but you know, a very centralized location, so everyone can, can kind of interact with people that way.
0: I lo- I love it. I love the idea of it, and definitely something worth following. So if you guys don't already do that, get it. if you don't have a Twitter account. Get your Twitter account. Yeah, <laughs> hop on the safe spaces. We do that every now and then too. You know, whenever me and me and the GM aren't busy with our own stuff, obviously. Yeah, yeah and do it just yeah. just
1: like just to be you know forward about. It, like, if y'all ever want to pop in, like, absolutely, just DM me. Let me know, and we'll get you. We we do fast passes. Uh, people, I... <laughs> people don't like that, but it's the reality of the situation. Um, of course. So, of course. And just I, I would like to be kind of transparent about that as well, right? One of the reasons we do the fast passes for some people is because yeah you know we like to do the audience blending we like to have people from different backgrounds in-, in there but there is something to be said of like if you're someone that does a lot of content you kind of know the pacing and the flow of how content needs to operate and you're not just going to get on there and be like I-, I rambled for you know 15 minutes and yep. now yeah. people are like oh what's going on like you get people that you know that are used to doing podcasts they're going to yeah. go up on there make their points and be like hey you know I said what I need to say, I'm going to hop off or, you know, I'll let someone else go. And so that's the reason we do that. Because most of the time, the people that are coming in with big accounts, they're going to say what they need to say. They may have deadlines. They may have content they need to get to. So, hey, we're going to get them in, get them out, and then kind of get back to to everyone else who has the longer time to stay here and, and wants to hear the whole flow of the conversation. So...
0: There you go. Be be patient. Be patient, listeners. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's we, it. we try
1: to keep the space going until yeah. everyone that has a speaker request in gets to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes that's not doable because people come in like in the last fifteen minutes, and of we've already made the call. Like, hey, you know, it's 1.30 in the morning. I have to be up bet five, so we're gonna have to you know, cut <laughs> yeah. this off. But again, we try to we try to get to as many as we can. Most yeah. of the time, we get to everyone. Um, but yeah, so just those are the things you have to consider because yeah when when you're someone who's just in there listening right and even when i was just in greens listening like you don't really appreciate the difficulty of having to manage that in real time Mm -hmm. and then also like speak and also do those things and you know it is it is not the easiest thing in the world it's it's not brain surgery i don't want to you know get it get it twisted in that sense but you know there is some level of you do it enough, you get better at it, you get more reps doing it type yeah, of thing. But well, early on, we definitely struggled trying to find a balance in, in those aspects for sure. And I think
0: it's a good way about growing though. And if you, like, if you listen from number one, episode one of our podcast to now, the flow is obviously different once you're more used to it and the pacing. And I can only imagine how it was for you considering that you're dealing with what, tens of hundreds of people that want to hop, obviously, on the space. So, you know, kudos to you. And, you know, I hope that it continues to grow and get better. And we just appreciate the fact that we're all Rockets community and we're all here for it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, dude. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and go forward here about the Rockets. Before we do, we're going to take a quick commercial break, quick ad
2: break for y'all. And we'll be back in just a minute. Feeling a little wiped post-workout. Trying to detoxify that body. Well, you know what? How about going to a spot called Rush Bowls? It has the best acai bowls in Houston, and they have plenty of options for you. Personally, I would like to start my day off with a bowl after our namesake, the Summit Bowl. It has acai, strawberry, cherry, and your choice of dairy or non-dairy milk. You already know your boy loves to go with his oat milk, but if you want to go with any other option – By any means. Do you? It's topped with granola, strawberry, honey, and their house-made peanut butter. And I'm telling you, their peanut butter is the best peanut butter I've ever had. Seriously. They even have deals all throughout the week. Dog on Mondays, where you get a free Bow Wow Bowl for your dog with a purchase of any bowl. Wellness Wednesdays gets you $2 off wellness bowls or smoothies. So if you're craving a nice, healthy, and light meal, us at the Summit State of Mind highly suggest visiting Rush Bowls and grab yourself a delicious acai bowl. It's the best acai bowl in Houston. And follow them now on Instagram, at Rush Bowls Houston, and visit them at their location at 6001 Washington Avenue, Suite 200, Houston, Texas. And remember... The Summit State of Mind sent you because you know why? If you mention the Summit State of Mind podcast, you get 33% off your bowl. That's right, 33% off. So we're spreading good information and we're saving you money and promoting you health for the new year in 2022. So you hear that, guys? All right. So just remember, 33% off from the Summit State of Mind and make sure to mention that the Summit State of Mind Sent you. Go Rockets.
1: Yo, what's up, everyone? This is your boy Heezy, aka Rahil Ramzanali, and you are listening to the Summit State of Mind podcast.
0: All right, welcome back, everyone, to the Summit State of Mind presented by the Minute Media Podcast Network. We're here right now on location once again at Be More Pacific. So, boys. We're here to talk Rockets. We're a Rockets podcast. Let's talk Rockets. They're currently twelve and thirty-two right now. Twelve and thirty-two is the record through forty-four games. Shout out to Chuck Hayes, forty-four, and uh, <laughs> who actually liked our comment by the way, which which, which liked our tweet, which I was really appreciative. of. I was like, thank you, Chuck. Thank you, Chuck Hayes. Um, <laughs> you know, back so to the day, back yeah, right. <laughs> so they're twelve and thirty-two. We're recording from Saturday, so if you're talking from Friday's game, uh, we lost against the Sacramento Kings, one fourteen to one twenty-six. Uh, obviously did work in the first quarter and then it kind of fell off in the second quarter outscored by 14 and then it just kind of the wheels kind of fell off. Uh, I wasn't able to watch the game live. I was able to catch up on it afterwards, mm-hmm. obviously check out the highlights, watch some plays here and there. I saw the box score though at the initial ending and I was like one twenty six uh rockets. Once again, I'm a mm-hmm. defensive guy. Personally, I like defense. I like it when defense is played. It's very frustrating to watch this team mm-hmm. because of the defensive lulls, uh, you know how I feel about Daniel Tyson, how I feel like I thought he could have been the defensive anchor of our team. Going into the season, obviously, but that's obviously not the case. Um, there's so much going on. Mm-hmm. But I want a direct question for you to you first, GM. Um, we're talking about the game against the Sacramento Kings. They lost 126-114, like I said. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: what did you see? What led to the loss? What do you think? Well, I mean, the game was relatively close uh, coming out into halftime. And then going into the third quarter, they were playing decently well. But the defense was there. But what what I started to see when the wheels started to fall off was like they would play hard defense, mm-hmm. but they were just making tougher shots. Yeah. And when a young team sees that, it's hard not to feel discouraged. Because these guys are putting in all that effort and they're just like, ah, again, yeah. again. And I mean, come on. Now, Marvin Bagley was getting whatever he wanted. He literally went into his oh, I bag. Feel like of ev- tricks. I feel like, like every big if, gets what they want against dude, us. Dude, I mean.
1: Just D- uh, <laughs> that tweet yesterday where it was Which like. Word? It was a tweet and it had like a graph and it said, Oh, it said number of players, players that have season highs against a certain team. And then the Rockets had it's the tall. most against, yeah, against any team. So that, that was butter, a way to man. quantify that yeah, phenomenon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have all these you know, guys that have like, season Because, high. of
2: course, you know? Yeah, that's just that, how it that, goes. Yeah, it, it, was, it, was, it was rough, especially going yeah. into the fourth quarter. They went on that 12 0 run against us. And that's yeah. when the wheels just completely just fell off. We were down by like, at one point, it was like, what, six, maybe four? At that point, yeah, Jalen Green went on that it was run. Like, I think it was yeah. like uh, ninety three to
1: eighty seven or something like yeah, that, and then they they there. got
2: another three, and it was ninety six to eighty seven. It was a legit a six point swing. They called that offensive foul on Christian Wood when uh, KPJ hit that three, yes. and then they go back to the other other side of the court, offensive rebound, but he healed hits it. And I was yeah. just like, up oh, there, you go, that's game. Like I'm, immediately, that that two possessions killed it. It's a six point swing.
1: Yeah, I think this team isn't. When we had Harden and Chris Paul, right, you know, you could get down, and then there was always a threat of, you know, they come down, they get a four-point play, they get some free throws, and they're right back in it. Yep. This team has to stay in contact, otherwise it'll just get away from them. They they, yeah. they haven't yes. had, you know, one of those huge comeback Absolutely. type of things. And, you know, I think one other thing with the defense, right, well, I, sorry, two things with the defense. One, they tried to put Jalen Green on Buddy Heald, and Buddy Heald really – you know, a great off-ball worker. Mm-hmm. Jalen wasn't staying in contact coming around the screens. Sometimes you would go under. You, you shouldn't Which ever you, go under not on a right? screen. Nope. That, never. And the, the second thing was we just had a lot of guys that struggled to stay in front of De'Aaron Fox. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. De'Aaron Fox, you know, not known as a great shooter. He can shoot mid-range probably better than three. Yep. But De'Aaron Fox really got loose in this game. He got to the rim, you know, very easily at times. Uh, the help defense wasn't there. The The bigs weren't rotating correctly. He got to the rim early. And then as the game went on, his shot started falling. And then at that point, we just had no answer for De'Aaron Fox. So um, to y'all's point about the defense, you know, those were tough. Jay Sean Tate can only guard so many people I at know, one time. Man. There's no He played don't don't playing have his heart yeah.
2: out there. He had yeah. such a good game. He what, 17 and 10 and 8, man. Almost yeah. a triple-double for the guy.
1: I, I thought KMJ had a little bit of a – disappointing game defensively. Mm-hmm. You know, he yeah. he's really the one guy on this team that's an excellent weak side shot blocker. Absolutely. And, yep. You know, the weak side shot blocking was not there in this game. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I did a rewatch earlier. I didn't see anything just schematically that way he wouldn't be have been in position some of the times. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, all in all, I wouldn't put this game on Kenny Martin Jr. by any stretch of the imagination. No, but of course not. it wasn't one of his better games defensively either. Um, another guy for them that really you know, I'm not gonna say he turned the tide of the game because you know it was kind of like you said, it was Bagley, it was Fox, but Davion Mitchell, it just seemed like he was really bothering Jalen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Jalen's a he skinny guy, Jalen's not a super strong guy. Mm-hmm. Mitchell got some steals from him, Mitchell was just bothering him, you know, contact wise. And, and Jalen had a couple of finishes in this game, he had one where he, he did a reverse, yeah, and hit that, in first quarter. but he had a couple other plays where you know he. He had makeable, but tough attempts at the rim, and it seemed like he missed most of them in this game. Mm-hmm. He had, uh, I think he, let me see what he shot from three. I think he shot he's pretty poorly from three. Yeah, he's been um, struggling. One, one, one of six. One of six from three. he's been
0: struggling from three the, uh, and the you know, last few years. Who, Jalen? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Him, Him and KPJ.
2: playing Yeah, yeah.
1: and Jalen was not able to get to the free throw line at all tonight, or mm-hmm. well, last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... When you're going to be an alpha scorer, right? You need to have something that you can fall back on. Yes, he's too always. he's too skinny right now to really rely on the driving. Unless he just gets you know straight line drive, or if he yeah, can catch finesse. In. The three point shots not falling. He did go to a couple mid-range in this game, Mm -hmm. and I do like that because since he's small right now and he's not able to really body up on the the rim protectors, Mm -hmm. having that mid-range counter or even, I've mentioned before, like a floater counter, Mm -hmm. I think that's another thing. We saw Harden incorporate that into his game and and be very effective with that once he wasn't able to get to the rim. But that's kind of where his game's at right now. If he can't get all the way to the rim and the three's not falling, you know what's he going to fall back on? He wasn't able to get to the line tonight. We've seen games where he was able to get to the line very effectively. Yep. And then we've seen games where, again, like tonight, where he doesn't get there at all. So yeah. I think it, it's a learning process with Jalen Green, right? He's just in his rookie year, so this is not a finished product by any stretch of the imagination. But you know, just looking forward to the rest of the season, you know, that's what I'm really looking for is when Jalen's shot's not falling, what is he going to fall back on as his way to still be involved in the game, still you know make a contribution offensively. So,
0: mm-hmm. I, hope, I hope, I think, in regards to Jalen Green, His ability, you can kind of see the shot mechanics slowly. It's been changing. He changed it ever so minor tweak that he was able to change it since from when he got injured. But I think for me, Jalen Green offensively, I like to see that to have him like Harden had a step back. That was his go-to move. He Mm -hmm. had the floater and Harden is one of the greatest offensive craftsmen of all time. And I, I think when his yeah, he had the over, Euro
1: step Eurostep step as well that the was, yeah, step, that yeah. was OG. iconic move yeah yeah it was too. OG
0: and I think when he's done the the NBA is finally going to recognize and the fans will finally recognize him for what he did to the game I mean one of my best friends said that he broke the game so I think for Jalen in terms of Jalen Green I would like for him to obviously have something he can go back on but also for me personally it's his defense. I want him I want to see what he does on the defensive end. I know he's not strong, but he is lengthy. 6'5. I think his wingspan is almost seven feet. I think his wingspan hits around 6'11, 7 feet. So he has long arms. I'd like to see what he can do more defensively on the defensive mm-hmm. side of the ball. Especially with you know your your running mate is KPJ and I think that's the thing. When you had and I always have to go back to Harden and Paul. Paul helped Harden. Harden was a decent defender, but Chris Paul was the one that said, okay, this is what you're going to do, da-da-da, and it helped mask Harden's lack of defense, mm-hmm. kind of like what they did with Curry and the Curry offense yeah. with uh, with Golden State. You have Draymond, you have Clay to surround Curry to be like, okay, you can get to these spots da-da-da, and you can kind of blanket it. Jalen Green doesn't have that, obviously. We're a rebuilding team. I want to see him get better on the defensive end, and I hope, and I, I'm pretty sure it's going to come. I feel like it's, I feel like he's capable. I've seen plays where he can get, you know, where he can stay with the offensive player, and there's times here and there where he can stay with the offensive player. He just doesn't have the body. He's 19.
1: So Chris Paul, right? Just in terms of that comparison, yeah. Chris Paul is one of the best point of attack defenders we've ever seen, even even at his size, right? So they, they, I've heard this mentioned before by I can't remember who it was, but they they have something called teaching tape in the NBA yeah. where it's like. You take a guy that does a specific, like a very specific thing. Like for Chris Paul, it was getting around, getting over screens, right? Yep. And so you you use that tape to, you know, show other guys, obviously teach them based on that. So, you know, that's James Harden. His issue was always point of attack or off ball, right? Is he going to go over screen? No. So we're going to have to use a switching defense. Of course. Is he going to get... Is he going to get lost off ball? Yeah, Uh so we're going to put him on someone that may not be like a big run around on the perimeter offensive threat. Yeah. Uh, In this game specifically, Jalen Green, like I talked about, did get put in a lot of bad situations by Buddy Heald working off ball. But he also spent some time guarding Harrison Barnes and when he guarded Harrison Barnes he did so pretty effectively especially considering how big Harrison Barnes is compared to Jalen green yeah, that's right my but boy. Like, you, like you said I
0: love me some Harrison Barnes like you said
1: you know Jalen <laughs> does have a long wingspan and he was able to stay in front of Barnes because Barnes isn't as fast as no he's not even nope. healed is. so nope. I, th- I saw some numbers a while back and uh, I think maybe like four or five days ago they had Jalen as a one-on-one isolation defender yeah yes. like he was like below below 0.5 points per possession, which is, that's elite defense, right? Really good. Um, so there are things that he's doing well now that how often are we really using Jalen Green as an isolation defender at this point, right? We're mostly doing that with Jay Sean Tate. So, yep. you know, that has to be factored into it as well. But there are some tools there, you know, like we've mentioned that, that show promise for him going forward. Absolutely. But most rookies... Other than you know Davion Mitchell, right? We, we talk about him as Top one of the one of the guys. They call him Off Night, right? He He's he did a lot so of damage. Good. Most rookies don't come in, and you know they know great off ball help spacing. They yeah. know how to rotate correctly, and you know we've seen that even going back to like the Pacers game. Jalen and uh, Christian Wood were not on the same page a lot of that game. No, they weren't, and they were just getting burned by Miles Turner slipping to the rim over and over and over again. So. You know, that's another thing that is really important is defensive communication to help your guards know when a screen's coming or when you need to switch or, or, you know, all of those things. But, you know, Jalen is a rookie and he needs to learn. I I think for him, the biggest thing is going to be defensive processing. Once Mm -hmm. he knows where he needs to be, knows what the calls are, what the rotations are going to be, that's going to help out a lot. And it's going to take time for that, especially – you know, he missed 15-plus games yeah, with a sure. hamstring injury. Yeah. People got to forget that, Those too, are yeah. valuable reps that he wasn't getting. No, nope, so.
2: Absolutely well, I mean, yeah. he, has, he has the fundamentals based on what you see. He has the footwork. He has the idea. He knows – I'm not going to say he knows where to be every time, but it's more so he's mindful yeah, of, still young, the, still of the situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he understands what he can and can't do, but he's trying. We see the effort there yeah. on defense. It's not that he doesn't care. It's not that he's not trying. It's just that he can't, he can't get there. Yeah. and that happens you know as as a rookie that's something that he will process and he will learn in time and based on what i've seen there's no reason not to believe that he'll be at least a comp- uh, uh, what is the word uh, just a a defender yeah. that is just that can compete he'll be there he'll he he will we don't know how great of a defender he could possibly be but i believe he has the table set for him to where he can reach that status if he can reach that you know if he can get there unless let's, let's I mean? talk
0: about how receptive he is like i have yet to see you know so so many of the Jalen green doubters mm-hmm. were all oh let's not get Jalen green because he has a million plus followers on on instagram and he he's obviously more social media driven than he is um professionally driven which you will never know you don't know how someone is inside the gym mm-hmm. all i've heard all accounts i've heard he's great and on top of that every time someone talks to him he seems very receptive which i didn't i didn't I didn't know what was going to happen once he came into the league. I, you never know. Either you're going to be very receptive or you're going to be deep or you're going to be right in between. He's been very receptive to what everyone's been telling him for the most part. So when you have that already kind of in your bag, mm-hmm. I like that. And I think that that's going to, you know, pave the way further as he goes along. Mm-hmm.
1: Look, we're in
0: year one of Jalen Green. And in, in this year one in the
1: rebuild let alone true so i you know the, the yeah. harden trade happened i think like 3 days ago like last year and then last year yeah yes like, we're like, one like the 14th or the 13th so two or 3 days ago
0: we're one year away from harden's trade like yeah. that's crazy. I feel like that happened like 3 years ago. It felt so <laughs> long ago considering yeah. like everything that's occurred. We had Chris in Paul 3 years ago. So it's yeah. like
1: Jeez. Oh god. The era just kind of flipped <laughs> so yeah. quickly. The era
0: flipped so quickly, but Co- yeah. COVID
1: has made time, you know, just completely distorted.
2: <laughs>
0: oh god. So. I feel like I feel like I'm living in I feel like I'm living in a dreamland. I don't know what it is. All right. All right, boys. So, <laughs> let's let's continue forward here. Let's talk about something that's been very interesting because one guy has come back. Alperin Sangoon is back from injury. Uh, I know Rockets Twitter is just, you know, they're dubbing him. He's the king. You know, they got King James and you got K- King Sang, King Shen over here. He's obviously, you know, a lot of people like him. Um, I liked him too. The GM was a big fan of his even before we drafted Love him. LP. He always told me he's like, "Look out for this Turkish player named Alperin Shangun, man. He's <laughs> he's gonna be legit, bro." And I'm like, "All right, dude. Well, we'll see." And then boom, tra- we do. Well, funny side story: we do the post. Uh, we no, not at the post. We recorded we do, live during the draft. Yeah, we do the draft yeah, pod. Think, we do a draft pod. Yeah. And then we trade for Shangun. It was like we started right after Jalen Green got drafted. So sixteenth pick comes in, and then Justin goes. He's watching it from, and my back is turned, and he's like, "We got Shangun," and I'm like, "What? Oh shoot! Oh, we got your boy." So, anyways, uh, long story short, he was excited. But I want to direct question over to you uh, first, Don in shangun he came back he was obviously you know he did very decently uh limited minutes obviously because he'd come back from injury uh 13 minutes he had nine points four rebounds two assists uh, and a block it was a minus 10 on the floor he had a good first half all accounts not a great second half but uh what did you see from him on his return and what do you want to continue to see from him
1: so this got pointed out in the post game i can't remember if it was by coach silas or someone else i think it was by coach silas but he talked about how when shangun was out guys kind of got more used to playing where they need to play five out, more isolation. And coming into tonight, with Shingun out there, you need guys to move off ball and, you know, allow him to utilize his passing. Facilitate, yeah. For sure. And, you know, before he got injured, K.J. Martin was someone who just had amazing chemistry with Shingun when he was Mm -hmm. cutting to the basket. We know how athletic K.J. Martin is, right? If if you're in his way, you're liable to become a poster very quickly. I love it. But, (laughs) But... It just seemed like when Shingoon had the ball and he was going into his his post-ups, no one was moving. He was able to score on Alex Len a couple times, which Alex Len, you know, tall guy, was a big wingspan, but Shingun was still able to make some stuff happen there working on the post, so he hasn't lost that element of his game. Defensively, it seemed like he had a couple plays where he did well in rim protection, and then the Kings would get an offensive rebound, and they were able to score kind of, after the rotation need yeah, to happen there. Yeah. So, you know for, for me coming into the season, Shingun's defense was the thing I was worried about the most. Mm. And I think he's he's answered a lot of those questions, right? He he he's a very good positionally positional defender, very aware defensively. He's a guy that's gonna compete and always be in the right place. And you know, again, like last night, I didn't see really any issues with Shingoon defensively. I didn't see any issues with him, you know, motor-wise or, you know, not having enough wind coming off the injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are just my, my slight takeaways. Like I said, need to, need to have more movement and really open things up for him. I would like to see more Jalen and Shingoon actions together, whether it's, you know, Shingoon dribble handoff with Jalen or, you know, a jalen Shingoon pick and roll or pick and pop. I, I think... You want to get those reps in if those are the guys that you really think are going to be your franchise cornerstones going forward. So, for my takeaway from last night, you know, it was a decent return game for Mm Shingoon. Nothing to really write home about a lot, but, you know, it doesn't need to be. They're going to, because they have this, you know, baseball series type of set against the Kings, they can watch the film, come back on uh, Sunday night. Rashawn Holmes may or may not play, we don't know about that yeah. just yet. So yep. he may be a wild card in that. But you know, they can look at the tape, see what they need to do better, and you know, hopefully we'll see them implement a lot of those things, you know, on Sunday's game.
0: Absolutely, and I hope so too. But Jim, let me direct question over to you now, you mm-hmm. know, Operating Shangun, that's your boy. Yeah. Um, what do you want to see now going forward here from him as he continues to kind of build back his strength
2: and continue to get better as a player? <laughs> I want him to play a bit more minutes, you know, Like, and I do so like does everybody what everybody seeing, <laughs> so obviously, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, the Shangoon Twitter mm-hmm. squad. But um, what's it called? Like like what Don said alongside pairing Jalen with Shangoon, which mm-hmm. is what we've seen uh, before his injury mm-hmm. and now because they're starting to stagger the minutes of Jalen and KPJ. So what we're starting to see is KPJ more playing with, with Wood and we're going to see a lot of Jalen playing with shang mm-hmm. So I like that and I like the idea of that. I want to run with that, you know, and especially with those pick and roll, those movements are so good because of the gravity that both players do bring on and off the ball, because Absolutely. even then, if shang has the ball at the top of the key, you have Jalen Curlin, he can hit up the 3 and he can just cut, he has the speed to get past everybody, they still have to pay attention to shang you know what I mean? Yep, yep. So in regards to that, I just think that there's so much potential in that duo, and you're right, we want to see them play together more to see what we got, you know what I mean? Like... It's only the first year, year 1. Why not run it? Run it every time. You got yeah, 2 19-year-olds
0: you know? on a rebuilding team. You're not yeah. winning a championship. You're trying yeah. to win
2: ping pong balls. let Yeah, we're trying That's to,
0: the final game. Let's be real. We're, <laughs> just, we're just trying to
2: see within 3 or 4 years yeah. if Jalen and LP will be the next yeah. version of Kobe and Gasol, you know? Ooh. I mean, that is okay. I mean, that's apex, apex.
0: <laughs> so that's like I mean, that's the dream, right? I, I You know, we'll see. I mean, re- in regards to Jalen Green, you know, moving forward as we move. Jalen mm-hmm. Green and Pri as we, you know, continue to move on with mm-hmm. the pod. I just want to see development. That's, you yeah. know, with a capital D. I just want to see the development of these guys. I want to s- continue to see Josh Christopher develop, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I- I'm just waiting for my boy, Usman Garuba, to get in and... And get some PT. I'm just, I'm just waiting for the game. The Garubistan. I I, I, I am the ultimate <laughs> Garuba Now, granted, granted, he's not doing so hot. But hey, yeah. my comparison there is, and I always tell the GM this, uh, Clint Capella. Had a horrible rookie year. People tend to forget that. People well, tend to forget play. that. He just well, no, no, no. He in came playoffs, in for yeah. for limited minutes. No, think.
1: No. He spent a lot of time in RGV. Didn't yes, he? yeah, he did. He yeah. played
0: limited minutes. I think not beginning, like maybe like a little bit towards the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. and then he played. horrible. People tend to forget that he played horribly. Maybe like one or two games. It was like I think it was garbage time minutes. But everyone was like, oh my gosh, we drafted that guy. Went into the G League, um, got continued to develop, and then towards the end of the season, he comes back up, and everyone's like, oh wow. Like, this guy got significantly better. And he ended up playing big minutes in the playoffs, like against the Clippers, for instance. Mm -hmm. He was able to, he had a big game seven. He had, uh, people tend to forget he had an and one, I think, on uh, DeAndre Jordan or whatever, when they had a switch defense. But, like, my bottom line there is like, Usman Garuba. I, there, there's 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 tools there to work with, but mm-hmm. you know that's obviously neither here nor there. And we'll well, can I can I comment yeah, there? Go ahead, go ahead. So
1: I loved Garuba coming into the draft. So don't, don't get too. don't get it twisted. Like <laughs> I, you know, I'm, not, I'm not a big Garuba person as well. Thank um, you. <laughs> but you know some of the stuff from him this year has been. Yeah,
2: you, you would think he would have
1: made a big bigger jump coming off what the tape looked like coming into the draft. Right, right. Um, I saw a lot. I really liked from him in terms of finishing at the rim. In terms of passing out of like a short roll situation and you know the defense you know just looked incredible on tape there is something to be said going from um the league he was in before i think it was the spanish league yeah do you
0: yeah. play for madrid i think so. he played for so, real madrid yeah. so to, so, shout out to sergio yule
1: <laughs> anyways go on I, so, I, I i digress so coming from the spanish <laughs> league going to the nba there is a, a jump in athleticism there yes. but one of the big selling points for him coming into the draft was that hey he guarded kd in in the, in olympics, the olympics right yeah, yeah. so You weren't coming in thinking, you know, this is going to be a big athleticism jump for this guy because he's already defending, you know, one of the freakier athletes we've ever seen in KD. So I think getting a bunch more minutes in RGV will help him a lot. We saw Christopher go down there, be really successful. And when he he came back, he basically, you know, snatched up minutes when even Coach Silas himself said, you know, we we thought Josh was going to be in in the Valley more than he has been. He just played so well that – you know, he made it. He basically took the decision out of our hands, right? Yeah. So I think that's what Garuba needs to do. He needs to go down there, um, really refine his game. And it was always going to be an offensive struggle for him. He is yes, a- absolutely a-, a more defensive-minded player. Just with the way the Rockets are right now, you know, we had the spacing issues with the double big lineups, and that caused so many issues for Jalen and KPJ. You don't want to have someone come in. You're already having these spacing issues. You know, Tate is up-and-down shooter. Tice supposed to be a shooter, hasn't shot well this year. What Garuba really can provide for you is I'm going to be able to defend those bigger wings, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe even someone like a Giannis or a LeBron, right? Absolutely. But, yep. We're at a point right now where the offense isn't good enough to bring in someone like that yep. where it's like I'm not contributing on offense. My role is purely defense, kind of like P.J. Tucker, right? P.J. Tucker, he, he shot threes, and, and he was great at shooting corner threes, don't get me wrong. But when you think of P.J. Tucker, right, his role is ma- mainly as a defensive guy. So yep. we're just not in a point offensively with this team where it's like, hey, we need to bring in this big wing type of defender that focuses solely on that end to try to you know compete with teams that have a LeBron or mm-hmm. – even like a Demar Derozan or, like we said, Giannis Antetokounmpo. So that that's just where I'm at on Garuba right now. Not out on him at all. I, I think no, absolutely not. Super young. I think he's still 19 as well. He's so not a whole 19. You know, these guys usually guys will you know be where they're going to be in terms of the the where you can project them out at at year three, and we're not even. Halfway through year one yet, so yep, there you go. Definitely a lot of time left, a lot of runway for Garuba to to take a leap.
0: I love the I love the what was the immediate gratification of Twitter and everyone. You know, every time someone has a bad game, it's oh man, send them packing. And every time they have a great game, it's give this guy more minutes. Oh, give this guy the MVP award now. And I'm just like. I, and, and me and the gym we we, we we always we like to kind of stay the course in terms of what we're working with mm-hmm. like uh, KpJ for instance when a lot of people when obviously when the incident happened we were all like okay well you know KpJ had the incident so you know, let's let's ship him out let's uh, take him away from the point guard spot da 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 and my thought process is always stay the course my belief right now in regards to Kpj we're gonna switch it over here and talk about KpJ we're gonna spotlight him for a little bit um I don't think he's a point guard. I just, I mean, point guard in spot minutes. I don't believe him to be full time point guard. Full time point guard. That's yeah. just my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking anything away from him. He is a talented, shifty scorer. Why one of the probably one of the, be- the low key best shifty players in the NBA. People just don't realize that the way he moves. It's so quick. Mm-hmm. It's so quick. But um, I want to I direct questions to you first, Don. Um, since you know it's your first time on the pod, you know with KPJ, with the incident that happened a few weeks ago to the game winner that happened in Washington, to you know clutch threes a few days ago, to really bad games here and there. We went to that game. Which game did we go to? It Was the Monday game against Philadelphia where he yeah. had five six turnovers? You get the highs when they get the highs with him; they're really high, like the fifty point, uh, the fifty piece. But when you get the lows you get some really really hard lows. So, what's been your opinion overall of KPJ's?
1: So, full disclosure, I am wearing a KPJ jersey right now. now so, go. that, that's going to color how That's going to that's you. Gonna color how this <laughs> answer comes out. Um, but I think with KPJ, for me I think when you look at him in terms of being a point guard, I think reimagining how the point guard role is in the NBA currently mm-hmm. you're you're not going to use him the way you'd even use like a Chris Paul or Ricky Rubio right I think the the end goal for KPJ if he were to stay on this roster would be where you have a lot of the offense running through Alper and Schengen, and you have KPJ as you know a secondary creator but he can still be you know a lead ball handler at times and then Jalen Green right we've seen when he came in a lot of the knock against Jalen Green was like, this guy can just score and he doesn't do anything else. Well, we've seen Jalen be able to run a lot of pick and roll, be able to be more effective as a passer than a lot of people thought he was going to be. Mm -hmm. So I think if you have, you know, two guards that are kind of similar in that way, they both are going to need to take a leap defensively. We already talked about that. But you have a lot of the offense running through Shingun, and those guys can both shoot. They can both slash because they're super athletic about the same size. Mm -hmm. I think you can really run an offense where it's, Because this fan base is coming off of like the, the James Harden tenure and even you know having Chris Paul as well, we're really used to that heliocentric model. Mm-hmm. So having this guy has the ball in his hands, you know, 35% plus of the time. Yep. But that's not the only way to structure an offense, right? Nope. So a perfect example, right? The Golden State Warriors. Seth Curry is the point guard, and he does handle the ball sometimes. But Draymond Green is really the guy that... Is getting everyone That's into the offense there, yeah. so I think when you can take a step back and you know don't paint KPJ in as this guy needs to be John Stockton, right? He needs to come down, low turnovers, <laughs> Paul, yeah. a lot of assists. Yeah. <laughs> if you're if you're trying to paint KPJ into a, a, a into a box of he needs to operate like those point guards of the '90s or of Chris Paul's generation, I think people are going to be really disappointed. But if you look at KPJ as a guy that can do some lead handling. But he's really, you know, mostly a scorer, and hopefully we see him become more of a slasher as well. The last couple of games we've seen Jalen and KBJ have some good dunks, you know, sprinkled yes. in, sprinkled in. Yep. You know, the the erratic play otherwise. But uh-huh. that's where I'm at at KBJ as a point guard in terms of KBJ. You know, the other stuff you mentioned when the incident happened with Christian Wood and Kevin Porter during I think it was the Nuggets game, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think two weeks ago, right? Yeah, two weeks ago to this yeah. day. Kevin Porter Jr. leaving. The stadium was not good. Kevin Porter Jr. being frustrated that he wasn't going to get playing time in the second half, you know, I actually don't mind that. I didn't you know, mind it either, yeah. I want a guy that is going to go out there, and just to you know kind of put it on a spectrum with what Christian Wood went through, Christian Wood, they tried to send him back out on the court, and he said he didn't want to go back out there, right? So I'd rather have a guy... I'd rather have a guy that you're having to rein in; he wants to play than a guy that you're having to really push to, you know, want to have that fire and competitive spirit. Thank you. But mm-hmm. you know, leaving the arena, that can't happen. Getting into it with the coach, we don't know all the specifics of how that went. We don't nope. know None what precipitated know. that. Nope. But yeah, you know, someone we just brought up, Draymond Green. Right, Draymond Green was in an incident during, I think, the playoffs where he was about to fight Steve Kerr. So that's not something in and of itself that i'm saying is is super problematic now if you take in the rest of kpj's history of you know anger issues and you know off the court situations you would like to have seen that pattern continue to go the positive way that it had mm-hmm. been going of course. prior to that incident and i think yeah. you know kpj said the organization saved his life kpj you know there was the incident last year with with sterling brown where People said, you know, why are you at the strip club during the pandemic? I think that's fair. That may be why Sterling Brown was not retained because, you know, may have not been the vet Absolutely. presence that, that the team wanted. <laughs> but, you know, for that incident specifically, the reports coming out of there was that Sterling Brown was being attacked by men who were concerned that he was in their sprinter van, and KPJ, you know, came to his aid and, and really saved him. So some people took that incident as, as bad. I took that incident as, you know, KPJ is coming to the defense of his teammate, and that is something that – Again, you don't want them to be in that situation in the first place, mm-hmm. but it wasn't I didn't view that as negatively as, you know, some of the stuff that happened in Cleveland. So yeah. for me, that one was more of a bump in the road. This one is more concerning because it is kind of going back to what we saw in Cleveland, which was why he ended up getting traded to the Rockets in the first place. You know, he yep. had a, an incident in the locker room okay. there. But the team has said, you know, we view the KPJ and Christian Wood situations differently. So, you know, I, I view them differently as well. So, you know, that's kind of right in line with my thinking. Yeah. Um, the team really rallied around KPJ after that game. Josh Christopher was on, I think it was Instagram, in some people's comments, defending him, saying, yep. hey, y'all don't know what y'all are talking about on this. You know, we we yeah. still stand with KPJ. Steven Silas said the same thing. We still stand with KPJ. So uh, until the team, the guys that are really in the locker room, expressed that they're really out on KPJ. I'm not too worried about it from that standpoint. We saw when he hit the game winner, you know, everyone came over and hugged everybody him. And they they, they, they loved him in that moment. But moving back onto the play on the court aspect, I would have liked his shot to be better this season. I think he does take a lot of attempts that I don't personally like. I think if he would take more attempts in rhythm... His shooting percentage would be better. Even in the game last night against the Kings, he takes a lot of attempts where he's kind of fading um, or not, not even like during a step back. When he just shoots the shot, he will fade or lean yes, during he the leans. shot. And, and one of the guys who really made one of the biggest jumps as a shooter is Kawhi Leonard, right? And if you watch Kawhi Leonard shoot, he basically – you know, people will say Kawhi's is a robot or whatever, but he just goes straight up. Never leans, never fades. Even if never he's shooting a fades. fadeaway, he's still on balance during that fadeaway. So KBJ takes a lot of off-balance shots, and that's one thing I think is concerning. But when those shots are going in, you know, it looks incredible. And for me, the shooting, we'll, we'll see how that develops. But the passing is something I want to see him be more consistent as a passer and be more consistent handling the ball. Don't turn it over the ball as much. Um, yeah. He has four because
0: um, he has four. Tur- he's averaging
2: like four yeah. turnovers per and game. So. Just
1: don't dribble into situations where it's not going to in advantageous for you. I think that's that's where he gets into trouble a lot of the times. Yeah. So.
2: Okay, And we've seen that, especially yeah. in his play. I mean, in regards to him playing as a point guard, like last night, he had eight assists and only had tur- two turnovers, which is a great ratio for him. Yeah, like we said, it's all about the progress throughout the season. Yep. you know what I mean. Yep. That's all we want. The turnovers, see. absolutely. And Uh, Writing what uh, Don said earlier about the Shingun running it, Mm. I agree with that. I mean, in the sense of allowing KPJ to not completely dominate the ball – but along the lines of put him in areas of his strength. But, I mean, it's not a bad thing that he can play point. Do I believe that he's a traditional point guard? No. I mean, he does have the vision, but he just can't do it consistently. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you said, he's he gets a little advantageous with the ball because he does. He finds these little creases, and he he's feeling a little sassy at the moment. And I respect <laughs> it. You know what I mean? He's trying to catch too, yeah, these yeah, guys yeah. off guard. Yeah. And, you know, when it when it comes down to those plays, you're going to have turnovers. There's a high probability rate of turnovers. You know what I mean? You're playing in the NBA. So, in regards to all that, it's okay. Like um, We interviewed, was it James and Nevin like uh, two, an episode or two ago? Yeah, yeah, And James is saying that he thinks that KPJ should be a sixth man. I think that's like what he'll be best at. And, I mean, it's not a knock on him as a player, but it's more so like what his strengths are and what he brings to the table because, I mean, he could do- oh, he totally attack. dominate yeah. second teams. He could be the next version of an Eric Gordon, Manu Ginobili. You know what I mean? And it's not a knock on him, but I just think that... I agree in that statement as well. Yeah. You know, just just his type of play style. But it's not... I, I'm not going to completely pull the plug on it either. I think this is a two-year experiment. We have to give it at least two years. I mean, KPJ, this is his, what, his... I wouldn't say first full season... As a player per se?
0: Not first full season, but at least first full season as as a a full time point guard. First full season as a Rocket. Yes. Third year in the NBA, Uh and he's 21.
1: Well, another thing with that is he missed a lot of time in Cleveland. I think Cleveland was sitting him before they traded him to the Rockets. So I think he's only now just at a full season's worth of games. So he's been in the league for three years, but he doesn't have the reps. Mm-hmm. And development time that a yeah. third year player would actually—that's what have. everyone
0: thinks. That's what everyone thinks too. Yeah. Is that they think that oh, he's already in his third year. Should you know? But I'm like, well, first of all, he's 21. Yeah. <laughs> like, first of all, he's 21, second of all, yeah, yeah you're, its its, it's yeah. not the
1: same as someone like Dave Mitchell who's coming into the league, and I think he's 23 already, right? Yeah, so. or
0: or who's the who's the guy from the Pacers that he's like 24? Duarte. Yeah, oh, Duarte. Chris Duarte. Yeah, yeah, Chris Duarte, who's yeah. obviously an already finished product coming in. But go ahead. So you were talking about because you were still talking about a KPJ. Oh, no, no, no. I'm
2: good. You already that got it? it? Yeah. You was, got it all out? I got I got it all yeah. out, guys. Whew. I, I can take gonna, a deep breath now. I was going <laughs> to direct that
0: question over to you, too, talking about KPJ, and you ended up nailing it, because the average is about like 13 points a game, which is a little lower than I initially thought. I thought, like I haven't been able to look at the season averages uh, lately, so I'm,
1: I pulled it they've, up now, and I was like... Just from like a standpoint of where the shots are coming from on the floor, they've really tried to feature Christian Wood and Eric Gordon Yes, going the season. Absolutely. You know, yeah. like, Absolutely. Is that because those guys may be on the move? Who knows? You know, we still are a month out from the trade deadline, but structurally there's been a lot of Eric Gordon and Christian Wood in this offense.
2: All by design, baby. All by design. Yeah. I mean, once March comes, we'll see how the offense looks then. I think that's where we'll get the full grasp of what (laughs) Silas really wants to do. Absolutely. And so I always tell people, just be patient. You know, once Eric Gordon – is gone i don't want him to leave naturally but of course we want him to go to win well let's yeah
0: of course yeah let's put it let's put a pin on this real quick because we're gonna talk about trade deadline i'll zip it right after (laughs) right after this we're gonna do a quick another ad break for y'all and we'll be right back
2: shop woodhouse ford first and experience the difference the all-new 2022 bronco sport is built wild for the thrill seeker the sightseer and the day tripper A capable and dependable SUV that's ready to tackle the dirt, dust, and mud. Bronco Sport offers four models to match the way you explore the outdoors. Shop, finance, and buy your way. Online at WoodhouseFord.com or one of our three convenient Ford locations in Blair, Omaha, or Plattsmith. What's good, everybody? This is Devin White, a.k.a. The Gentleman, and you are listening to the Summit State of Mind podcast with the commissioner and the GM. Let's get it.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Summit State of Mind, presented by the Minute Media Podcast Network. Boys, we're here at Be More Pacific once again. Don, how you doing? You still doing good, man?
1: Still doing good. Still day drinking, still talking rockets and having a great time. Hell yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what about you, GM? You good, man? Just checking it. Oh, in. man, I'm good. I'm good. We got the food in, but, you know, we're going to finish up this a little bit, and then we'll hop on in and, uh, you know, pig out just a tad bit. There you go. Yeah. All right, boys. Well, we're in... It's
0: obviously trade season. We are one month away from the trade deadline. About a month, roughly. I think it's February tenth. Yeah, I think so
1: off, February 20, twenty-five day. Well, a little less than a month. Yeah, a little month. less than thirty. Yeah, so less than 30. 30. Wow. So we're getting close to it. But who's counting? Right. Yeah, right, right, right. Exactly. Who's counting?
2: Who's counting? Not marking the days down on my calendar. I got one of those. Circle. You ever seen those
1: things like till Christmas you have, you know, the little chain, paper chains? Yeah, <laughs> one of those off every day? Hell
0: yeah, dude. I have my exes. I have my exes on my calendar, and I can't wait to circle that trade deadline day. But anyways, I digress. Okay, so let's talk about the NBA trade deadline. Obviously, mm-hmm. the Rockets are going to be – obviously, we're, we're going to be sellers. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're sellers. Giving away Eric Gordon to a contender, obviously. Mm-hmm. Christian Wood is another person that we'd like to – like to see traded mm. and you know let's talk about that right now cam reddish is currently off the board obviously he went to new york so that's someone that everyone wanted but the gm i know you had some scenarios for us uh let us know who the scenarios are from mm. and uh i'm gonna I'll leave it to you now go ahead and uh, kind of lead
2: this yeah so we got um i don't know if anyone saw um on space city scoop but our friend nevin posted a few days ago of three trades that were more realistic in the sense of what we could receive for Christian Wood. And so I'm just going to hop on those. And I'm curious to know which one of those three would be your favorite trade to go with. Okay, mm-hmm. So the first trade I'm going to go with is with the Charlotte Hornets, where obviously the Hornets receive Christian Wood. Well, the Rockets uh, receive P.J. Washington and Mason Plumley. No picks. So that obviously for us guys, it'd be a little sketch considering what we believe Wood is worth, okay. And then the second deal would be with the Toronto Raptors, where it would be Christian Wood and DJ Augustine going to Toronto for Goran Dragic, a top ten protected 2022 first round pick, and a 2023 second, okay. Mm-hmm. And then the third deal would be with. Dun-dun-dun, the Milwaukee Bucks. Whoa. What? Trying to help I out know. the defending champs? I know, right? Right? Um, where Wood would go there, and the Rockets would receive Brooke Lopez, a second-rounder, and their next conveyable first-round pick, which, to be honest, I don't remember. I think it might be 2024, but mm. I'm not certain on that. Um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so those are the three deals of that we want to hop on and see. Uh, let's start with, with you, Kamish. What— is the the deal that you believe would be favored in your regards of what um, what the rockets are trying to accomplish i think for me
0: with what the rockets would try to accomplish would obviously be to stockpile more picks which is would would make my pick a little against the grain mm-hmm. but i like the idea of pj washington i like what he brings to the table mm-hmm. uh, good strong power forward of course my pipe dream on the charlotte hornets is miles bridges I would love Miles Bridges. I think he's oh, just God. the perfect three slash four that would fit, like like a hand a glove into this lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd pair so well with Jalen Green, um, especially since he's like almost like teetering on vet status at this point. He's like in the fourth year of his mm-hmm. of his career, but yeah, he's to be a restricted free agent. Yeah, but in series. regards to PJ Washington, I like the deal. Um, Christian Woods' value obviously went down; it plummeted because of him refusing to go in the second half. It's a tough sell to get these teams to try to buy in. So I like the fact that Christian Wood's playing really, really well. But you know my opinion of Christian Wood. I've said it to you a thousand times. And, Mm -hmm. and Don, I'm telling you now, he is definitely a stat stuffer. But at the end of the day, he just doesn't play winning basketball. So in terms of trading him to a playoff team like – or a fringe playoff team like Charlotte, who's trying to make the – it seems like they're trying to make the playoffs this year – um, I don't know if they would take him. I think they would, but if you're talking about like a team that could trade for him, like you know, throw the the Warriors deal that was always on the table, mm-hmm. I don't think a Warriors team would go after him. But no. for me, if we're talking about the three playoff teams, I would go with the PJ Washington deal. I like what he brings to the table. I like what how he would help uh, uh, facilitate defensive wise on this team. I'm all about just trying to get that defensive anchor to try to get him to try to. You know, lead the team defensively so that way they can continue to get better. I thought Daniel Tice a thousand times, we need a defensive anchor. I think um, Jay Shantae can only do so much on the defensive end. Mm -hmm. You need another defensive anchor that can help carry. And P.J. Washington definitely gives you that. So I would love to have him on the team personally. The lack of picks is what gets me. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I think it's actually pretty realistic considering that Christian Wood's I think that his trade value I mean it's slowly kind of going up again he had a great yeah. game in limited minutes he only played like 28 minutes last uh, last night mm-hmm. but for me I think that that's a pretty realistic trade for the most part no picks attached and we just get uh, another another good prospect and let that player kind of grow along with Jalen Green and Alperine Shangun and seeing what we got from there and yeah. I have no problem with the deal but I understand the other side of the coin. People want picks. You want to continue to stockpile the picks so that way you can either draft the next great player or you use those combined picks and you get the next star that's uh, available. Yeah. The next, the next unhinged star that wants to get traded because <laughs> we know the players' union has so much power now yeah, in today's NBA. Yeah, yeah. But okay. But I digress. But yeah. So for me, it's the Charlotte deal. But uh, I know that um, Don definitely has an opinion on that too. Oh so. yeah.
2: Let's 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 get out to Don and so, see what you got.
1: So. I definitely agree with your initial point of mm. the thing that you're really interested in getting back in some of these trades are, are draft picks. Yeah, I think the Rockets, where they are in their timeline, that 2023-2024 season is when we start owing Oklahoma City our pick again. Yep. So there is kind of a, a a threshold there, a you know a bottleneck of you want to start trying to be good around that time, and mm-hmm. you know PJ Washington would help us start to be good around that time. Um, but for me, I think P.J. Washington is a good player. I think you could get someone who is around that same asset level with other assets kind of down the line. I don't think it's it's a situation where, you know, someone with that level of production output is unattainable down the line. So for me, of course, yeah. um, you know, from from what I what I gathered on that Milwaukee trade, the pick would be unprotected. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Yep. Having an unprotected pick, it just always gives you that, you know, fraction of a chance more that that pick can just really hit. So for the the Raptors trade that was outlined, that pick is top 10 protected. You know, the Raptors trajectory may be wherever it goes during that time, but Mm -hmm. you don't have that small chance that, that pick is unprotected. And another thing that's important with unprotected picks is it makes them easier when you're doing some sort of consolidation or, or stair-stepping type of move. You say, mm-hmm. hey, you know, we're going to give you uh, the Brooklyn pick and the unprotected Milwaukee pick. And that unprotected just, it just sets something off in a GM's mind. Because again, you know, there's, there's always the the refrain people will go to of, you know, the pick could be anything. It could even be X player. Right. But, mm-hmm. you know, GM see that and they're thinking, you know, let's say Giannis gets hurt and Drew Holiday gets hurt, or whatever the case may be. Look at look at Portland this year. C.J. McCollum missed a ton of time. Dame is going to miss potentially the rest of the season. And so, if a team has their pick, or, or the Clippers, an even better yep. example, say OKC
2: because PG is potentially out for the year. Yeah, absolutely. So that pick
1: may be a lot higher than a lot of people thought when that trade was made. So, getting Brooke Lopez back. I think that's a good fit with Shingun in the near term. Getting that unprotected pick, a lot of value there. I think sending Christian Wood to that team, um, just in terms of for Christian Wood, right? Milwaukee has is a team that really is long. You know, Greek freak. They're freaky. They have a lot of length. I think Christian Wood does fit in there because he doesn't have to do a lot of rim protection, or he doesn't have to do a lot of point of attack defense. You can kind of just skate by not being really defensively engaged because Giannis is going to clean up everything or Drew Holiday is going to clean up everything. So I think for Christian Wood personally, I think that's probably the best fit. And yeah, again, go, sure. going to the reigning NBA champions, it's probably going to be a pretty good. Doesn't fit hurt. Yeah, good there, yeah. <laughs> for sure. But you know, for me, that's what I like in that package is, you know, getting an unprotected pick, getting Brook Lopez. I, of the people that are on the team right now that are vets, Christian Wood, I would say, after the incident we had last week, or maybe even two weeks ago now, not an A plus in the leadership column. Mm-hmm. Um, DJ Augustine, I haven't heard anything bad about G- DJ Augustine to this point. Daniel Tice, you know, a guy that's going to come in and, and do his role, but never really someone that was, you know, a premier player in the league. Never was. Um, yeah. You know, Brooke Lopez, not necessarily super premier. I think he was more of a featured role when he was on those teams in Brooklyn. Um, yep. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's a guy that could come in, you know, be a, a positive locker room influence. And, you know, that's what this team needs, right? You guys are just going to come in, do their job, not rock the boat. You know, hopefully get KPJ and uh, Jalen Green pointers on like, hey, look, you know, Christian Wood is someone that also trained with the honest the year he was in Milwaukee, but you have – uh, how, how do they explain it when, when Ariza was here? Championship experience?
0: Yeah, no, right? you can't replace that. Glue yeah, guys.
1: Brooke Lopez comes yeah. in with the championship experience. He is yeah. someone that has made a big development as a shooter. That would help you know, the, the spacing issues we saw earlier. Yeah. So that's my preference out of these trades. And I will say, I think just for me, in terms of what we've heard market timing-wise, um, reporting-wise and stuff... I think a Charlotte trade is the most likely to actually happen.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: But, you know, again, for this exercise, we're picking the trade that we would like the best. So for me, I'm, I'm going to go with the Milwaukee trade.
0: Well, you convinced me. I bought in. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Let's go. Get, bring, bring me the goofball Brooke Lopez I just want to see some wrestling moves. Are you are you a Disney room. fan? I'm a huge Disney fan. There guy. you go. Yeah, right, there Dude. you go.
1: Seamless <laughs> fit. Yes, obviously a seamless
0: fit. I hope that one day I, we can, hopefully by that time if we do acquire him, we can get big enough to I'm like, Brooke, let's just F it, let's just go to Disney. Let's go to Disney World, bro. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a great time. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, Jim, I'll refer over to you now. You're the one that, you know, presented this yeah. topic, but I wanna <laughs> ask you now, which which one would you prefer? Oh man, see I'm
2: torn. Actually between both the old steals, and I'll tell you why. Yesterday, actually the past couple of days, I've been watching a lot of PJ Washington highlights after picking up on this yeah, uh, yeah. on this article. And based on that, I liked what I saw. Like, I mean, he had a big game last month, mm-hmm. right? Um, he seems like he would fit in so well with us. He's six seven, little undersized, but he can play the five. His defensive awareness, I would say, he looks a bit better than Christian Wood. I hate to say that's not saying much, but I mean, he's 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 looked a little <laughs> <true>. better, but. <laughs> Uh, P.J. has been he what I've seen he's putting in the effort he's trying to grab those rebounds yeah. and I mean granted the last couple games Christian Wood has been putting in that effort but yeah. P.J. Washington has been consistent <laughs> in that sense his three point shot he's shooting almost 41% and he's putting up almost six a game that's okay think about that right yeah, yeah. so I mean that's to me that's like oh wow okay he's hitting it at a high clip we could definitely use that and it'll help space the floor a bit more Absolutely. in regards to the whole picture but the only thing that makes me not want to do it is because of the pick. Like Don said, the un- like the unprotected 2024 possible first seems like something that you don't know what can happen. And those unprotected firsts are like freaking bargaining chips for anything. You never know. You can use that for anything in the NBA. So, the and the fact that we're not that great, and the fact that if we get a top three pick, we can get... Jabari Smith as a possibility. Yeah. So that talent... You have to start thinking about and it too like that, that, yeah. And their games are a little similar, but I would say Jabari is a much better uh, perimeter defender. I'll
1: I'll say a better go. shooter as well. You know, Jabari yeah. Smith's yeah. shot looks incredible. It is incredible. so smooth.
0: You, you know yeah. how I feel about Jabari, man. Yeah. I've, 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 I've reined it in on this podcast <laughs> way too many times. <laughs> Everyone knows I'll die on that hill. That's like, okay, with, That's with good. Jabari Smith, I yeah. like that. Yeah. But I mean, you know... Big
2: believer. Like, like but the fact that, you know, like... Championship experience invaluable. You know, you can't uh-huh. really quantify that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So Brooke, I think the Brook Lopez deal is a better deal, in my opinion. Yeah, well I pick. got convinced otherwise so. Go yeah, ahead. but I mean personally if I had to pick my favorite player that I'd want, I want PJ, in all honesty. Yeah. yeah. I mean Mason Plumley seems like he'd be, you know, he's just merely a throw-in to make the salaries match. But you know he ain't staying.
0: You know, dare I say, he's the Cole Aldrich in the James Harden deal. Oh <laughs> God! You had, had to, to name I drop to Cole it. Aldrich. <laughs> I had to, man. Cole Aldrich, man, that's my boy. Now he's the Rockets,
1: Re- Rockets legend. Rockets yeah, legend, right you know, Aldrich, man.
0: man. You already know. So, okay, good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. I like, I like that. And well, you know, we're talking in regards to trade scenarios and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, let's let me throw another one at y'all right now. Let's let's spotlight Eric Gordon here. Yeah. I mean, he's had. percentage-wise, probably the best season of his entire career up to Mm -hmm. this point. He's just a bucket-getter. He's the ultimate professional. And I think when his days are said and done in Houston, he's going to be remembered as being a consummate professional. He got signed in 2016. He's been, you know, after dealing with situations from Christian Wood and when you deal with KPJ and you're just kind of realizing, even when James Harden last year and John Wall to a degree this year, Russell Westbrook last year, like, the constant, like Eric Gordon's, just a professional. He shows up to work, doesn't say a word. I mm-hmm. mean, he he got famous on the media for saying, "I'm not having fun." Like that's <laughs> that's the worst that came out of EG's mouth. Like that's the worst of it. But well, I wanna, according
1: yeah. to PJ Tucker, he said, "I think Eric Gordon never talks." <laughs> yeah. so, so that may just be his personality. But yeah, you know, to your point, yeah, he yeah. hasn't raised a lot of yeah. raised a lot of hell on that front. He,
0: he doesn't talk. He doesn't
1: talk. He talks to the refs.
0: That's the only people he talks he to. Does, shit.
1: He does. He does talk like, to the refs. He likes to talk to yeah. the
2: Facial expressions and he makes words. <laughs> right, <laughs> maybe, right. Maybe he's
1: like Celine Dion, right? Where <laughs> she saved saved her voice for a lot of days, so she could deal with "My Heart Will Go On." He saves his voice for the games that way he can you know, yell at the refs.
2: <laughs> I love it, dude. The, well, that's what the that's comparable, <laughs> e.g., to Celine Dion. Yeah. Yes. He plays with the same smoothness of her voice. If you are
0: playing a drinking, if you're playing a drinking game with us, and you got Celine Dion compared to Eric Gordon, take a drink at this moment. Because I never thought in a some state of mind podcast I'd ever get a Celine Dion reference. So thank you, Don Knock, for that. You're I more love than it. Welcome. Heck yeah, dude. Well, you know, let, uh, circling back to EG, mm-hmm. yep. you know, he deserves. I think we can all... all the, the table, the round table here can agree. He deserves to go to a championship team. Absolutely. He deserves to win a championship. Um, we've had guests come on the pod that feel differently about uh, EG. They, some, someone was quoted as the saying, EG's trash. Yes, <laughs> quote oh, him. Ray, Ray, Mar- Ray Marcelino, shout out to you. Yes, but he's, that's uh, our boy. That's one our of boy. our close yeah. friends, and, and he's just not a big EG fan. And I think, okay. but, well, I think when the days are said and done, though, he's going to be remembered fondly. But let me throw the question out at y'all. Yeah. What team... Right now, let's—I uh, mean, you can even talk about what you'd want in return from the other team, but mm-hmm. what, what team would do you think he would fit seamlessly in uh, as a contender right now? I mean, look, you got Golden State, obviously they're contending. Phoenix Suns, which I think would be the possibility, a good possibility, because you—who's that uh, other player that, they, that we want? Um, Jabari—shoot, um, not, not Jabari name. Smith, but, but Jabari— From Phoenix? Yes. Jalen Smith? Jalen Smith. Smith. Ah, because I think Jabari Smith, so I get him all thrown. Jalen Smith. So that's another possibility there. Mm -hmm. So you got Phoenix, uh, the Warriors, uh, Grizzlies. I mean, Memphis could use him as well. Um, Then you got Chicago, Miami, Brooklyn could obviously use him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Milwaukee, of course. You can never say no to more shooters. But what he provides on that elite defensive front in the playoffs, and he's a proven playoff performer, I think the cost on him should be a premium. Other other uh, media outlets feel differently. I'll throw the question for, to you first, Don. What do you think about Eric Gordon? Where do you think he should go?
1: Yeah, so I think personally any team that's a contender could use a player like Eric Gordon. I mean, he's a guy that can shoot, Absolutely. drive, and defend. What What more could you possibly there want, you right? He's, he's an amazing post defender, so you don't have to worry about him if you're going to a switching scheme. He's a good point of attack defender. He's a great one-on-one defender. I mean, literally any contender could use a player like eric gordon Agreed. pending the salaries matching so that for me that would take away a team like the lakers right where the lakers basically all their picks to the so pelicans. why i wasn't even going to say that yeah. <laughs> they, owe, they owe all their picks to the pelicans yeah. uh, it's, it's not a good fit um salary matching wise but the the deal that was floated around you know ricky rubio for a first um With and, yeah and potentially you know Maybe doing something with the second because I think we yes we owe them our second right now. So maybe yeah. you could you know flip seconds as a part of that deal as well. Um, I've, I've made this you know point a couple of times. I think we should send him to Cleveland and that way we can you know rain on the Evan Mobley rookie of the year parade. Eric Gordon ah. will go there and play <laughs> yeah. down a little bit. Um, I love it. But you know I I wouldn't mind that package. I think it's a good deal. I think that's a good threshold. If you're if you can get something better than that. Then by all means do so. I would not like to see a deal coming in worse than that because we've already seen that flow out. Just from a, a sentimental standpoint of where I would like to go or where I would like Eric Gordon to go to see him really compete for a championship, it would be Phoenix. Um, mm-hmm. I think Eric Gordon got a short end of that stick with the the Harden Paul dynamic. You know, he really wasn't from what we've heard. He wasn't really involved in that fallout. Nope. And I think. Seeing Eric Gordon on that team again, it would be a good fit. Eric Gordon to get there with any contender, and it would. I don't think Brooklyn is going to be able to make the salaries match go in no. that direction either. So, no. for me, I, I think I would like to see him reunite with Chris Paul and you know make a title run over there in Phoenix.
2: Yeah, absolutely. GM, what about you? Where would you like to see Eric? No, Gordon I got go? the same sentiment, you know. I've said this on previous uh, episodes that I believe that Eric Gordon is someone that I would want to see in Phoenix. In fantasy land, of course, I want to see him in Golden State. To see him with Steph Curry and dude, play, no, that would be ridiculous. Bro. You know, that's with Draymond that, at the floor. With I the want, defense?
1: I want nothing but pain and suffering to all Warriors. <laughs> guys, so, uh, I'm not going to co-sign that. Yeah, <laughs> they, I respect that. They, they, you know? they ruined, you know, some prime years of my life with oh, all the dude, unfortunate man. winning they did. <laughs> I got Grays, man. I, I developed yeah.
0: grazed because of Golden State. Yeah, but
2: I mean, you know, I like... I like that other package that people were floating with, you know, the Sarich-Jalen uh, Smith deal with a potential first. I mean, that's something that we can take on. Sarich, obviously, towards, was it towards ACL or Achilles? Yeah. I don't remember last year. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah.
0: So he's still returning That's that. okay.
2: Like, I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? We got a, 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 a what is it? Uh, Jalen is in a second or third year. Jalen's Jalen just the second year, right? I Is think it's the second. The second year? Second year? Yeah. Yes. So, he'd be in him. his second year, right? So, yeah. I mean, he's someone young and someone that come in, he doesn't have to make an immediate impact, but he's there, he'd probably fit in, I would uh-huh. say. And it puts Eric Gordon in a position and on a team where he can actually help a team win a championship. I mean, can you imagine, you know, him with Chris Paul and Devin Booker? Mm-hmm. Man, I'm just like thinking about that, I was like, wow, Eric Gordon would have a ball.
0: Yeah, the gravity
2: that those guys possess.
0: I want Jalen Smith just because of the fact that he wears goggles. <laughs> like, and I, I, just, I just want my, my, I, want my grand, I want my horse grand, I want my horse grand two That's that's all Papa wants. If you can no, give man, me a, that's, <laughs> that's Jeremy, that's my boy Jeremy, you know. <laughs> oh, God. But you know, oh, yeah, like um,
2: outside of that, man. Honestly, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing him in Milwaukee. Yeah. Considering that we already have worked with them in the past, with last year's PJ Tucker trade, uh, but. Outside of those two teams, I don't see any other team being really viable in the sense yeah, of helping it's hard. him. Yeah, it's hard. Memphis ain't happening. They got such yeah. a young squad unless they start to struggle within the next three weeks, maybe. But, I mean, Desmond Bain has been performing out of his mind alongside John Moran. They got a good solid I don't a think guard rotation completely to work with, necessary. yeah, along with uh, Dylan um, Brooks. But, I mean, you know, the idea of Cleveland, you floated him next to Darius Garland. Like, yeah. That would be a great tandem backcourt, yeah. but not a championship. <laughs> no, it's not true. championship. It's true. But, right. but I You're mean, right.
0: for us, for selfishly, for the Rockets, it it it's it's a good trade for us. But at the other side of the coin, I do want him to win a title. Yeah, I would like that. I think he's I think he's paid his dues, and I think he's a uh, mm. he's deserving of it. Absolutely. So,
1: I don't know. I, I think the Eastern teams don't make as much sense outside of Cleveland as the Western teams do. Milwaukee is yeah, another absolutely. one, but. It seems like in the East, it's going to be Milwaukee versus Brooklyn, unless yep. something crazy happens. So it would have to be one of those two teams if you're going to send him to the East. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Even Chicago, even Chicago. I mean, don't get me wrong, he would help Chicago, but I think, I, I don't I think, think that's Chicago
1: you're like one year
2: away. I feel
1: like I think yeah, Chicago. It's not happening. With Patrick Williams right. for Chicago, him mm-hmm. being yes. out for the rest of the season, I think that really that really hurts what they're trying to do over there. Um, I've had a lot of people reach out to me and say that they want Patrick Williams on the Rockets at all costs. So you know, I'm sure those people would love to see Eric Gordon get sent to Chicago, but yeah, you know, I I don't know if they're. I mean, they're definitely all in, right? They they yeah. did what they did to get Vucevic and DeRozan, but you know, do they want to take that one final swing by bringing in Gordon? I mean, perhaps and Gordon's definitely going to help with guarding Harden or Kyrie mm-hmm. or Drew or Chris Middleton, right? So yeah. you know. Again, would he help Chicago? Absolutely. Like I said, every team that's a contender would do mm. much better to have Eric Gordon on the roster, especially the way he's shooting. I think he's um, like above forty-five percent from three right now. One of the yeah, top five guys in the league. He is
0: hovering around that percentage, yeah. and yeah. he's just like, and I'm just like, bro, like where was this three years ago, man? When mm. we when we really really needed it.
2: <laughs>
1: I just I just needed it for for Game Seven. That was it's like man, right didn't, right. Him no reason yeah. would hit that. You know, even thirty five percent of those threes, it, we'd be sitting probably in a different place right now. Oh yeah, um, but absolutely. yeah.
0: Oh, we're still we're still riding high. But I think it, I, I think in regards to that though, and everyone mentions you know, I think everyone that comes to the pod has to mention that era of the Rockets because it's the most important era in our Recent in history. our adult years. Yeah. In our mm-hmm. adult years, obviously, you know, cha- we were kids, or I mean, I was two years old when we won the titles. Yeah. So you know, it's like it's in a whole other era. But you're talking about in regards to that era. I didn't realize how I re I didn't rewatch game 7 all the way through but I watched the ending. I don't even know why. I think I was just all up in my feelings. I was like, "Let's let's 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 rewatch some some some, some stuff pain. to hurt. Let's rewatch some pain here." But like, <laughs> so I rewatched the ending and I totally forgot that a and PJ were basically just on the floor like exhausted. So you just yep. imagine how the legs were. And we play yeah. basketball. Don, I don't know. Do you do you hoop? Do I I so, uh,
1: so, full disclosure, like yeah. I, I hooped growing up and I hooped uh, for a long time. I was in a car wreck like a couple months ago, so I haven't oh, hooped in shoot. a minute. Um, yeah, thankfully I'm, I'm all good uh, on that front. But uh, I had some whiplash stuff from that, so I haven't hooped in a minute. But, yeah, you know, growing up, played organized basketball, um, and then I definitely hooped like before that, I was hooping pretty consistently. Pandemic permitting – well it uh, looks like Don has the hoop with the Summit boys. <laughs> I like yeah, that. Yeah, we yeah. we hoop more
0: for exercise. So it's more okay. for the it's more it's it's more uh, more or less Competitive, but in a strong sense. But gotcha. anyways, my whole point is, is uh when you go up for a shot, you know, like the legs get used. Obviously, they're they're yeah. good. I think as all y'all can understand that. And when the legs are gone, it's hard to shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that that's what ended up happening I in mean, that after game seven, seven yeah. game series yeah. of
2: chasing around Clay Thompson. Yeah, that's why they were all on the floor. Yeah. Like you Play just see KD, them, like they're you're just exhausted. sitting and
0: they're just hunched over. And I'm like, man, like they were just exhausted. You're chasing the greatest team arguably in NBA history, mm-hmm. so you knew that what was gonna happen there. But um, let's circle back to Eric Gordon. I just want to see him go to a contender, mm-hmm. um, and I'd like to cap it off by saying, by saying, I like to see Christian Wood go to another team. I don't care where he goes. I don't <laughs> want him to go to. A, I don't, he doesn't need to go to a contender. I want to be selfish as hell with that deal, and I think y'all have to agree, right?
1: So for me, coming into the season, I had a big tweet exchange with Sam Vecini, where he he did a I think it was a podcast, It was a podcast or an article, um, and he talked about. The Rockets should move Christian Wood – it was it was a podcast. The Rockets should move Christian Wood before the season to kind of get out in front of whatever may happen yeah. with, with his mm-hmm. contract situation. And at the time I was like, hey, you know, we haven't seen what it looks like with Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. as a full-time point guard. Yep. We need to at least get some minutes, <laughs> get some tape. To see what it looks like, see what the data looks like, oh, and yeah. then reassess from there. Absolutely. Well, we have reassessed um, <laughs> after 40 plus games. Yeah, and <laughs> I think, I think, again, this is this is somewhat informed speculation. I think the best time to move him would be, you know, this upcoming trade deadline. I think his his value is the highest right now versus on an expiring. I think you know if you were, if you were going to say. Let Christian Wood go into free agency and, and let him walk for nothing. And you know, you're you're in a different, you're you're in an entirely different conversation yeah. than, than yeah. what we're dealing with here. But I, I think from that standpoint, this is the prime time to move him. I think from the standpoint of. Christian Wood, from what the reports we've heard, from Ali Khan, from Jackson, from uh, some other people, he is someone that's looked at as a leader in the locker room. And I think the Christian Wood era of leadership is not one that has been going very successfully. Um, just Appreciate. in terms of even the on-court product, right? Mm. It, he's not someone that's really accountable defensively. We've seen a lot of like sliding for him defensively. Yes, yes. Uh, his rim protection looked better last year than it did this year. Yep. And, you know, you had the incident where, you know, he refused to go back in the game, and you know, with the KPJ stuff, they kind of the organization tried to wash it under the rug. They didn't really even make that you know old college trial and washing the Christian Wood stuff under the rug. They kind of were just like those two situations are different, and they left it at that. So, yep. for me, all signs are really pointing towards you know he's probably on his way out. I've mentioned you know quote unquote senioritis before, and i'd say the last two games it seems like maybe he's hearing some of that christian wood is a guy that's on social media a lot he followed he he followed one of the the apollo people itamar after itamar had a tweet showing josh christopher calling for like a scram switch Mm -hmm. and christian wood just looking at him and basically going like nah you can guard andre drummond like i'm not worried about that yeah Um, yeah yeah yeah. so which we saw yeah ridiculous Since that time, it seems like he has at least started to put in more effort on the offensive end. Maybe he, he, like you said, saw some of that stuff going on on social media and and was like, hey, you know, I'm mailing it in and maybe mailing it a little bit too much. (laughs) Um, But with that said, right, I I think now is the time to move him. I think now is the time he will be moved. And, you know, again, the the packages we talked about earlier, I think – You want to be at least at that type of level, if not getting something back, you know, a little bit beyond that, maybe pick-wise specifically. I I don't know if you're going to be able to get even like a a young promising prospect and a pick for Christian Wood. It may be either, you know, two picks, one's protected, and then some salary filler, or you get a a young prospect and then a heavily protected type of pick. It may be that range. Someone, I I can't remember which one of y'all mentioned earlier that... His value is down because of that incident. Yeah. That's that's what I've you know gathered as well. That yeah, his value was definitely higher before that incident take took place because coming into the league, the not necessarily the going back into the game part, but the, the knock on Christian Wood, the red flags that people have heard a lot of the times in reference to Christian Wood, a lot of that was being on time, being a professional, and or, what did he Catholic, do, right? Yeah. Didn't get rid of the COVID test on time. And then showed up late to to the shoot around. So it just it's kind of like with the KBJ thing in the sense of like, you know, this is reverting back to the behavior that we thought you really transcended mm-hmm. with your good play and your good behavior as of late. So you know, given all of those factors, I think he will be moved. I think I think we'll get a package that Rockets fans will be happy with. One thing that we haven't really touched on here a lot, Ben Simmons. We'll see if Ben Simmons gets moved or or not. I think yeah. the Rockets would do very well to get involved in a Ben Simmons trade as a third team facilitator, and whether that's you know putting Christian Wood and Eric Gordon into that deal, maybe even including Daniel Tice in in that deal in some way, shape, or form, or DJ Augustine. Out of those four guys, DJ Augustine is the guy I would prefer to hold on to the most. But you know if you have to give him up to to get something back in a Ben Simmons trade, you absolutely do that. Um, but those two things that that's what I'm going into the trade line really expecting is. You know, because Maury and Stone are so familiar with each other and the the Kings GM, Monty McNair, as well, the guy that came out of the Rockets front office, I think the pieces are there to – when the GMs are familiar with each other, it's just more likely they get a deal done because they're just talking more consistently. They have have, – Established relationship, With one another. So, you know, getting involved in a Ben Simmons deal. Moving Christian Wood and moving Eric Gordon, I think those are the the three things that everyone really needs to be on the lookout for going into the trade deadline.
0: Yeah, absolutely. GM, what about you in in regards to Christian Wood? like You'd like to see him obviously go by the end of this trade deadline, right?
1: Uh, Yeah,
2: let me keep this short and sweet. Yes, absolutely. I I it to sound like that. I I'm not trying to kick him to the curb like we still want value for him yeah of course. but like Don said hop on what he said like the value will be higher than he would be as an expiring in the summer so in regards to that we just we gotta find a way to ship him out now yeah. I just think that's the best the best course of action for this mm-hmm. team uh, to get out of it um, but at the end of the day I just want to see the young guys be more of the focal point. Because I want yeah, to see what yeah. the future might hold, yeah. as opposed to Absolutely. where we're kind of like hovering, allowing Wood and Eg to be the focal points, and then Jalen Kpj kind of step back. I want to see more along those lines, and then them including LP, yeah. Shangoon. So I mean, I want to see how that goes. You know what I mean? I That's don't. Re- what I'm yeah. in that. I'm just in that form of uh, what I want to see, right?
0: Yeah. I don't regret the. I don't regret the Christian Wood side. Like by any means, like the way that I've been kind of smacking on uh, Christian Wood lately. But I don't. I don't regret the signing. It was a flyer. He's not getting paid a ton of money. And I think that's big time, too, for someone that – for another team that Mm -hmm. can take a flyer on him because it's a $13 million per year deal. It's like that's – That's easy. He's a daily – he gives you a daily dose of 18 and 10, like every game.
1: So just on that point, right, I think Christian Wood as the franchise leader most (laughs) – the the player that the defense is focused on stopping the most – is something that we've seen isn't necessarily going to work out. No, if not you, as the number one. Yeah. yeah, if you send him to a team where his role looks like it did when James Harden was here for those, you know, three or four games, and yep. I'm just getting spoon-fed dunk after dunk <laughs> after dunk. Yeah, I think you know, not that Rockets fans are going to be like, "Wow, where was this Christian Wood?" But they're going to be like, "Well, then, yeah, that that's really what's going to be it's like." You know, where was this Christian Wood? But I think when that happens, you have to keep in mind that. The guards that we have just weren't capable, put in the position to, you know, whatever the case may be, of dealing with Christian Wood as that type of linking player the Mm -hmm. same way that, you know, if he goes to Charlotte, a LaMelo will be, right? LaMelo, amazing lob passer. And I'm sure you'll have Christian Wood put in amazing positions. Well, he's
0: a beta. He's a a beta. Like, he's just not an alpha. And and that's nothing against him. Like, it's nothing against him, too. He needs to be, in my opinion, not a second option. Maybe not even a second option. Maybe the third option on a a good team. But when you're an alpha, when you're kind of stepping into that point, we're letting him be the number one guy. This is his first full year of being the number one guy. We can kind of see that it's not it's not really working so in regards to that in regards to what you're saying too i want to see him get shipped out by this year too because at the end of the day one more year left on his deal when if we fast forwarded this time next year in the trade deadline who's gonna want him maybe maybe a contender is gonna i mean contenders most likely gonna want him but at the same time like we don't know what his value is gonna be yeah, at that point yeah and it's obviously gonna be worse at that uh later on than it is now i think the best deal is to get is to get it done now mm-hmm. So. We'll see what happens, boys, and uh, you know we'll see what happens from there. But uh, let's go ahead and end this podcast here. Let's go ahead and go home here on the pod. Don, you're the freaking man, dude. Thank you for coming on one, you know, coming on the pod one time for us, and uh, we really appreciate it. The GM, myself, you know, we're all and you working with uh, Apollo and whatnot, and you being you know the Launchpad podcast, and you know we just love it, the Houston community, and we love that we were able to link up. But um, let me roll out the red carpet for you now. Is there anything that you want to plug? Anything that you want to say? Anything that you want to uh, say in regards to it? Anything?
1: Yeah. So, uh, one, they lured me in with alcohol. Uh, that's how they got me here. Oh, Always. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I'm not mad at it, you. Know? It's a mutually <laughs> beneficial uh, arrangement there. Yeah. So, for plugs, um, follow me at Don Knock, D-O-N-K-N-O-C-K. Um, you can also follow me on the Air app if any of you are on there. Same name. Uh, we do... Kind of like we talked about earlier, we do Twitter spaces after every, not after every game, we do one weekday, one weekend. We get a lot of people in there that love to, you know, talk Rockets. So if you like to talk Rockets and you want to, you know, have a platform that you may not have now, definitely drop by for those. Like I said, we do a podcast, me and uh, Paolo Alves called the Launchpad Podcast. If y'all want to follow that, Apollo Launchpad for that. And no, again, I just want to say thanks for having me. Um, I really enjoyed this conversation I really enjoyed, you know, being able to kind of tell people a little bit about myself. Uh, that's not something we, we usually do on our podcast. We pretty much just rolled right into rocket stuff when we started it. Um, and, you know, I, I also enjoyed doing the trade stuff. You know, there's going to be a lot of trade, uh, a lot of trade talk in the next month for sure. But, you know, I, I enjoyed doing the fake trade scenarios. I, I may not be as you know, prolific of a fake trade generator as my co-host uh, Paolo is, but you know, <laughs> you always got to have that. Though. Definitely, yeah, definitely <laughs> love to have have some conversation on that because it, it's going to be unfortunately for better or worse that's going to be the the predominant thing going in the next month is what are the rockets going to do in the trade deadline and what are they going to get back so but yeah just to close out again thanks for having me thanks for thanks for doing this thanks for setting this up because we are like you said on location uh, this is my first time doing on location pod so it was definitely fun and you know hell, maybe we'll do it again sometime
0: hell yeah dude well gm I'm gonna give it to you before we close it out here you know uh remind the people where we
2: are again where we're doing on location yes and yeah shout out to my friends over at be more pacific you know thank you so much for hosting us and for having us here and giving us the opportunity to record an episode here with our boy don knock from apollo um, it, it was an amazing experience they were very hospitable took very good care of us so uh outside of that thank you again and we'll see you guys next time <laughs> Next next
0: time, can you sound more
2: <laughs> confident as if this
0: is going to be our last episode? <laughs> next time? Question mark? No, we are definitely going to be back next time on another episode. So give us a follow once again at Summit State of Mind underscore Pod on Instagram or Summit S O M Pod on Twitter. All Rockets content exclusively just for y'all uh, from our from our beautiful microphone straight to y'all's ears summit state of mind give us give us five stars if you're on apple podcast or on spotify as well we're always on there too and of course check us out on spacecityscoop.com and once again we'd like to thank don knock for being on the pod with us go ahead you know he put all of his stuff out there so go ahead and just give him a follow give him show him some love and uh as as a houston fan base with all the ups and downs that we go through currently the downs we could use all the love so it's yeah. <laughs> going to end the pod there and uh, we'll see you guys next time take care on fire. the summit
1: for, 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 for life.